You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, everybody? We are back for another Warriors podcast player review we're just moving through the whole lineup of everyone who played this year whether they played a little whether they played a lot whether they started the year on the team finished the year on the team or even in clay thompson's case never actually played today we're going to the face of the franchise none other than steph curry arguably the most important player this season for the warriors um obviously we all expected him to be the most important player the most impactful player for the Warriors going into the year. And I think he proved to be that just not at all in the way that we were anticipating. I think everyone was ready for the Warriors to make a run for the playoffs, even with Kevin Durant gone, Clay Thompson out for the year with his ACL injury. And Steph Curry was... The main reason for that, probably the second reason for that as well. Um, and obviously, the season did not go as planned in any way, shape, or form. And a huge part of that is because Curry's season did not go as planned. Um, obviously, by now, you you probably know what happened. He broke his hand in the fourth game of the season when Aaron Baines fell on him. Curry hit the ground. Baines tried to take a charge, if I recall correctly, further proof that the NBA really needs to change the rules with offensive fouls. Uh, nothing that Baines did wrong. It wasn't um, a dirty play or even a bad or sloppy play on his behalf. It's just uh, seven-footers should not be trying to stand in front of moving players and flop to the ground with their massive bodies to try and draw an offensive foul. That's just not how the, the rule should should be. And I think this was a further data point in that favor because Baines did a fully legal thing, a fully fine thing, and fell directly on Curry's wrist and broke the hand. It required two surgeries, one to put in a steel plate that kept Curry from even being able to travel with the team for the first few months of the season. And then um, the second surgery to remove that plate. So Curry ended up only playing five games. He returned from the injury in March, played one game, sat for two games, and then the season was suspended due to the coronavirus. And obviously the Warriors were not invited to the restart that's currently happening in Florida because they went 15 and 50 in their 65 games, largely because Curry only played in five of those. So let's get into what little we got to see from him this year. Um, his per game averages take with a massive grain of salt, obviously, since it was only a five game sample. And one of those was his first game in, in months coming back from an injury. Uh, so he averaged 20.8 points, 5.2 rebounds, 6.6 .6 assists, and one steal per game. He shot 63.6% .6 
on twos, but just 24.5% on threes. Perfect mark from the free throw line, making all 26 of his free throws. Um, The three-point mark, 24.5%, obviously nothing to be concerned about. That's the last thing you ever need to worry about in in Steph Curry's game, but it is kind of funny that it's the first year that he finishes with a sub 40% three-point mark. Um, so to go from more than 40% every year of your career to 24.5%, again, gigantic asterisk on the season for for Steph. He only attempted 49 three-pointers, made 12 of them, so a slow start, but that obviously would have evened out over the rest of the year, but uh, it's his lowest ever by far. Previously, his low had been 41.1% in the 2016-17 season. Um, I think it's safe to say that things will return to normal for Steph next year in that regard. It was also his his lowest points per game total since 2011-12, his his third year in the league when he averaged 14.7 points per game. Um, so some down, some down numbers for Steph, but, uh, obviously can't, can't qualify those and put them into context enough. Um, really the, if you want to focus on what happened on the court with Steph, since we have such a small sample size, I I think the place to look is in the one game where he returned to the court. Um, that came in early March against the Toronto Raptors and he really looked phenomenal. Um, the shot didn't quite fall. He shot six of 16 from the field, three of 12 from the three point line. Um, but again, that's just too small of a sample to even think about. What was impressive was just how in control he looked. I think there were some concerns from people about Steph going into the, the year before the injury, just about his age. Um, you know, he's, he, it was his age 31 season. He turned 32 in March, um, right after the season was suspended. And, you know, that's not an age where you expect players to be bad per se, but it is an age where you start to see players really slow down. And, and Steph has been playing with the, for lack of a better word, security blanket of Kevin Durant for three years. And while Curry's game has still been spectacular in that time, the situations were just a little bit easier. He didn't have to carry as big of a workload. He didn't have to face defenses that were targeted on him as much as say during his MVP years in 2014, 15 and 2015, 16. Um, And so there were just legitimate concerns as to how he would do now on the other side of 30, suddenly going back to a heavier workload, more targeted defenses, et cetera. And, Again, this is only a one-game sample, but he answered those questions about as emphatically as he could with that game against the Raptors. He was in control, seven assists to one turnover, really kind of beating the defense wherever he wanted and and creating plays wherever he wanted, getting open for threes however he wanted, off-ball and on-ball. Again, he took 12 three-point attempts, played just 27 minutes um, against a a very, very good defensive team in the Raptors, we should note, and a, and a very good defensive point guard in Kyle Lowry. Uh, he had six rebounds. He was aggressive. He he got eight free throw attempts. Uh, he was not shying away from contact, just 
despite that injury and despite the fact that, you know, he had talked about how he still had some some nerve da- damage in that left hand, something that he may deal with for the rest of his career. But uh, he was still showing off the left hand. He was kind of flinging one handed left handed passes, even some behind the back all game long. Uh, I think wanting to make a statement a little bit about the health of that hand and and where he stood. Um, but it really was was the type of performance that answered the question, can he still be the best player on a championship team? About as emphatically as you can answer it in a 27-minute stint. Um, now, of course, we're going to need to see it over the course of a full season in the 2020-21 season. Um, but I think all Warriors fans should be feeling pretty optimistic about Curry going into his upcoming age 32 season. Um, and now we get to see him fully rested, and that is exciting uh, because obviously I think we, we we saw some effects of the Warriors having long years. They played as late into the year as any other team five years in a row by making by making the NBA finals five straight times. And that's a huge amount of stress because not only are you playing those extra games and you're playing those extra what amounted to an extra two months of basketball and taking that wear and tear on your on your body and also that wear and tear mentally. But it's also two months fewer that you get to rest and rehab and recuperate for the upcoming season. And you could really see that last year with the Warriors um, in the way that they were just running out of energy, running out of steam, and also in in the injuries. Uh, I'm sure that played a role in Clay Thompson's injury. I'm sure that played a role this year in, in Draymond Green having bumps and bruises all the time and, and just not seeming himself physically or mentally. It's, it's just exhausting. So now, you know, for Steph, not only do you get the full off season that he hasn't had in so long, but that comes with the fact that he has only played one game since October. He essentially had the entire year off. Um, Of course he was working very hard rehabbing and trying to stay in shape and things like that, but just the physical and emotional rest from essentially getting to take a full season off and having a full off season for the first time in many, many years. I think there's a chance that we see him really come out of the gates next season with just a lot of energy, a lot of vigor, a lot of pace, and a lot of control of the game and it'll be it'll be fun to see and and we'll get to see if that can kind of reinvigorate Draymond Green a little bit we'll get to see if that can help Andrew Wiggins turn the corner it'll be a very interesting year for Wiggins I'll get into that obviously later on in this series but a, a very interesting year for Wiggins who will suddenly go from being a first or second option to a third option playing off of arguably the two greatest shooters in NBA history. Um, and that's going to be a big part of, of Curry's role for next year is how much can he help Wiggins expand and grow his game. And then the, the other thing to look for with Steph is 
he's entering the penultimate year in his supermax contract. He only has two years left at nearly $90 million. Uh, so certainly a part of why the Warriors are so cash strapped is that contract. Uh, not that it's a bad contract in any way, shape or form. He is worth every penny and a whole bunch more. But it will be interesting to see how that kind of impacts the season because as good of a relationship as the Warriors and Curry have, we do know that Joe Lacob is a cold businessman and we do know that Curry and Lacob don't always have the greatest relationship. And so, you know, this isn't a situation I don't think even though Curry is the face of the franchise, the greatest player in franchise history, and a guy who will have his jersey retired and a statue in front of the Chase Center as quickly as those things can be commissioned after he retires. Uh, I don't think this is a situation where when he gets to the end of the contract, they're just going to give him kind of a token big contract again as a thank you. Uh, They are looking to stay competitive. They are looking to build around the next wave of talent, uh, whoever they draft this year and next year, if they keep those picks, whoever they acquire, if they don't keep those picks. Um, And so Curry's performance here becomes a pretty important data point in whether or not the Warriors see him as a key part of a championship contender beyond the 2021-22 season, which is the last one on his contract. Now, I would be very surprised if he doesn't re-sign after that season or sign an extension prior to that point. Uh, I think he is definitely going to have another contract with the Warriors. But how he plays will kind of determine a little bit how the Warriors do that, how many years they want to give him, how much money they want to give him. Is he going to just extend for the max again? Is he going to have to sign a smaller contract? Is he going to be upset by the contract they offer him if he doesn't quite play well enough? Those are going to be interesting things to look at, but obviously the most interesting thing to be to look at with his upcoming season is just how well does he play? How well can the Warriors play being built around one MVP again as they were for those first two years of the dynasty rather than the two MVP run that they had for three years with Kevin Durant. Personally, I could not be more excited. It's, I think, the most excited I've been to watch a Warriors team in a very long time. Uh, As good as Kevin Durant was and as fun as it is to watch a world-beating team, there is something just so intensely enjoyable about a team that has a little bit of a hill to climb that has to exceed expectations a little bit that you don't go into every night thinking, well, they should win. It'll be disappointing if they do win by anything less than 20 points or whatever. So it'll be a a fascinating and fun season to watch both for the team and especially for Curry, who his legacy is set. And yet it still feels like he's going to be entering the season feeling like he's got a lot to prove. And that will be an absolute joy to watch.